welcome. It's Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Billy Celio from Upper Deck. We're going to talk about Upper Deck hockey products, but thanks to other sponsors besides Upper Deck. Huggins and Scott Auctions, Heritage Auctions, Tops and Panini, Comsi.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, as well as Mike Stadium Sports Card and Burbank Sports Cards. Billy, we've already heard some of your origin story. You grew up in the Michigan area. Lansing. Lansing. When I was a baseball fan, I started out being a Pirates fan. I had to recognize that I initially would be biased. So do you have any Red Wing bias? Like I have a little bit of a Dallas Stars bias? I have a 100% Red Wing bias. I'm a big Red Wings fan. Even in the young Eisenman days when we weren't winning anything, but he was putting up a bunch of points. It was great watching that team progress and finally win uh, a few Stanley Cup championships. We're in a little bit of a rebuilding period right now, but in Stevie Y, we trust. Looking forward to good things. Well, you sure came through for a very long career at a sustained high-level performance. I just think it's good to be honest. If you're a Red Wing fan, just tell it like it is. They've, they've had a great run. They were the nemesis of the stars in many of those years. too. So what's your favorite hockey product of Upper Deck that you birthed? And then why would it be your favorite? I'd say my favorite set that I built would be Splendor, which is returning again this year. JT's working on it this year, but I built the first set of Splendor. And one of the reasons we built that set is the cup is such a beautiful product. People buy tins of it. You're going to get your six cards. So why don't we just give them the big hit and maybe cut the price a little bit and then just give them what they're looking for those big hit guys so we did that and we had just purchased a Gretzky jersey we had plenty of other memorabilia of a number of legends and it just seemed like the perfect time especially McDavid and Matthews had come into the league so you had a couple of really strong young players you had guys like Sidney Crosby in that set also it was just a total sum of young players veterans and legends in one set with some mind-blowing memorabilia, uh, low-numbered, beautiful-looking cards, and uh, a wide array of cut signatures also, uh, including a Lord Stanley cut signature, which was a big deal. Honestly, I I think that's one of the nicest sets that we've ever built. Okay, so Splendor, I get that. Now, is this a function of my age that I believe that your best talking products have a really interesting blend of the young stars as well as the established stars and even retired stars. That's an ideal product from my perspective. Am I typical or am I at one end of the spectrum where many of your purchasers really want rookies? Two sets that fill your need. And the first one would be SPA. Um, SPA is one of our most popular products. You get at least two autographs per box. It has legends in there. It has one of the most sought after rookie cards and very accessible rookie cards. You know, there aren't that many autographed Connor McDavid rookie cards numbered to 999. It is accessible for the rookie collectors. And there's also some unbelievable veteran and legend content in SPA. For the higher end guys, the cup has the same sort of thing where it's got some of the biggest rookie cards of the year along to go with memorabilia and autograph cards from living legends. One thing that we do focus at Upper Deck, and it might have been noticed in the past few years, is we're actually cutting back on the number of legends that we use in some of our products. We feel that the legends 
belong in special products and stuff like SPA and, and the cup and premier and ultimate, some of the higher end stuff. We want our legends to be in, in higher end products and that's with, in other sets. But when it comes to autographs and memorabilia, we save that for a lot of our higher end products. Another segment of the hobby old school guys love comprehensive sets where they've got a chance at getting even a base card that's more representative the of all three or four lines of, of their team. So is Opeechee the one that does that? Where Opeechee has a, a 600 card base set. So you're getting those third liners and even fourth liners in there. It really represents the full NHL. We definitely take advantage of our, our players association license to be able to use all of those players. You don't necessarily just have collect the regular base set retro version or different color parallels of the set but from a standpoint of old school there are other sets upper deck series one and upper deck series two another set on the lower end but i take a lot of pride in is mvp mvp for a lot of collectors is like the starting point of learning how to collect a set in hockey cards it's not just all oh, let's just make this cheap set and whatnot no I, I i try to build it so there's some collectability for it so there's some excitement for it, but they're learning about collecting a, a full 250 card set, uh, along with inserts and stuff like that. There, there's still plenty of set collector sets out there. We haven't, you know, shut that down at all. The biggest one probably would be Opeechee. I remember back in the day, Grant Sandground, when he was on the Price Guide team and, and one of our absolute key guys, we would lament together, the whole team, that some of the products that were produced by the card companies were, quote unquote, too complicated. They were extremely complicated. Then when Grant went to Upper Deck, all of a sudden, he loves doing complicated sets. So is there a line of which if it's too complicated, that's bad. But if it's too simple, that's not good either. So how do you know if something's too complicated or what are some products that you have that that really take a lot of study to figure out where the value is and that are borderline too complicated if there is such a thing? There's definitely lines that we draw on whether or not something's going to be too easy or too hard. There's some products out there back in the day and you know, I, I believe like SPA was one of them where you could buy a box of SPA and you would get a full 100 card set. How is that going to entice the consumer to purchase a second box if they got their first set? We don't want to make a full set necessarily the easiest thing, even if the base set's 100 cards. So we definitely look at that on one end. And then realistically, is someone going to try to collect an insert set where all the cards are numbered to 10? it's quite difficult. Now there's products like the cup that will have like limited logos might be numbered to 50. Now you're talking about something that someone can go and try to find like all the limited logos from a specific year. So I know there are people that collect Supreme swatches, Supreme patches from SP game use, see how many they can get because it's one of those that the numbers just too small for them to be able to collect the full set. Would a consumer try to complete this full set of cards uh, or this full set of parallels? Or is the number now so not necessarily hits to collect a full set? Because there are set collectors, but there are also big hit collectors. So you have to please both of them. There's a third category too. It sounds like hockey 
from your perspective, has maybe a higher percentage of complete set collectors because many of the hockey collectors are huge fans of the game of hockey. Then you got the big hit guys. What's in between to me, which we have in every sport, are the player collectors. Just wondering if you would agree with this, that for player collectors, they don't care how complicated it gets. Because if there's lots of different versions of their player, they're not going to complete the set. They're just going to be looking for different versions of their player or their team, for example. We'll work with our coordinators in those 60-page briefs that I talk about. We'll even give direction. Our coordinators are very knowledgeable when it comes to hockey and when it comes to hockey players and hockey collectability. And they can sit there and tell you who the third line Ottawa is. They know who people are collecting and value stuff. That's part of their job also to get a feel for that. You talk about Grant and, and all his work, and he'll put out a spreadsheet grading all of the rookies for everyone to look at also. Obviously, we have common knowledge of stuff. I, I might occasionally even say, this might have happened once or twice, but say, hey, can you put just an applicator in the set for me? Because personal PC guy that works at Upper Deck that uh, occasionally will ask for uh, most part, yeah, you have to know who's collectible. And sometimes the collectible guys aren't necessarily the superstars. And you got to know that. And uh, we've got some really intelligent people that focus on that also. You got to be fans. Most collectors don't like the fact that there's one major licensee for each sport. But in what you're just saying, it allows that company to really be immersive in that sport. So Upper Deck, I'm assuming, has assembled a great team of people that really care about hockey. If you had an additional license, you'd be immersive in that too. But that probably is a benefit of having a single company that does all the sets because they can be consistent among the brands that, like you said, one brand is positioned one way, uh, another product is positioned another way. What's the uh, lowest price and the highest price in the range of your product delivery per box? What's the cheapest box and the most expensive box? MVP comes out, I think it's between 40 and $50 a box SRP. Then the cup is whatever price the card shops decide to put on it. It changes every year. We really don't get into the exact price of what we mark that as because it goes through distributors, it goes through card shops, but it can be anywhere between uh, $500 to $1,000. Also depends on the rookie class. Obviously, prices were a little bit higher when David was a rookie, when Matthews was a rookie. It, it came down a little bit and now... People are really excited about this year's rookie crop because a lot of the guys have really performed at the beginning of this year that might not have performed necessarily last year, but guys like Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr are really performing right now at the beginning of the season. For example, do you do this uh, analysis or you or Grant or the team look at, <clears throat> for example, the MVP product that somebody could buy a box What's the most valuable card they could get out of that box? Do you look at any ratios or do you think, wow, if they pulled this particular card, they'd have hit the jackpot for that product? So what's the best somebody could do? Because that's one of the criticisms of the lower level, the, the more affordable products is that you can't get anything great. You can certainly get something good. So what's the best they could expect? Obviously, in an exotic product, you have a chance to do fabulously, but they're very much more expensive. So what would be the, the best somebody could do in an MVP box if everything clicked for them, if they got a hot box? So the biggest card in the set this year is the number one draft pick redemption card, which is Alexi Lafreniere. 
those cards have been going for between two and three hundred dollars right now. So a forty dollar box of cards, and you could get a three hundred dollar card. Some of the other popular cards we have are rookie redemptions, where instead of having like artifacts where it's one rookie per team, we actually do it by division. So if you get one of those rookie redemption cards, which falls roughly one per case, you're going to get eight cards in there, one from each team, and then maybe a, a wild card in there also. But you'll get a group of rookie cards. Some of the other bigger hits, we've got our colors and contour set, which is really nice looking die cut insert of the cards. They have parallels numbered as low as eight. So a lot of people have been uh, collecting those. If you remember in the olden days, Victory had the Victory Black cards, which were really rare. We've got some very low numbered cards in there. There's Black Script parallels, I believe numbered to five. There's definitely some big hits that you can get. It's the first chance of people to get like the new rookies of the year too. That's great to end on because very positive is that I don't like it when people think if something is a cheaper box, they're not going to get anything good there. You're already laying out. There's a whole bunch of really cool things you could get that would be very rewarding, very fulfilling. What I find is that I don't want to just get a rare card. I want to get a rare card of a player that I like, (laughs) and I don't always get that. But thanks for sharing your expertise, Billy, on building these sets and even MVP that from the bottom of the line to the top of the line, if you love cards, every box can be good or it can be great. (laughs) You've already pointed out some examples that would be great. So Billy Celio, thanks for stopping in today. Thanks, listeners. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man in the house.